Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. Here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday. You can catch the show live at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you can't listen live, you can always check it out on demand anytime you want. You can find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. The Week 10 Fab Blind Bidding Guide is up as it is time for the playoff push and making those important pickups right now. So I break it down for you by position and the depth of your league with the recommendation on how much to spend. Of course, you have to take into account your individual budget, how much other teams have remaining. So it's very fluid there as far as the amount to spend. Uh, you can go a little bit more aggressive if you really need a player. Obviously, there's bye weeks to take into account. Four teams on bye this week. And I believe next week there's six more on bye. So uh, we're nearing the end of the bye weeks, but still some pretty substantial bye weeks that you have to take into account. So just make some adjustments based on what you need and how much money you have left. So I break it all down there uh, on scoutfantasysports.com. Dr. Roto with his Week 10 News and Notes as well as his podcast. And you could ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. Uh, you will get an answer from either myself, Dr. Roto, or Sean Childs, or maybe all of us. And also check out Scout DFS where we have you covered for NHL DFS, NBA DFSs. A really good optimizer there that is usually on point. You can check it out. And NFL DFS as well. Man, the optimizer was really good last week for NFL DFS. They had Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, Michael Thomas. uh, Some really good picks there. Uh, So you want to become a member and join today. Of course, we have the all-sports package for DFS, so you can join that. And, of course, if you want to join the season long to finish strong and win your fantasy football championships, you can use the promo code RONUS70. That gets you 70% off of your first month. So lots of ways to win money, and we have you covered at ScoutFantasySports.com. Again, there's a seven-day free trial, too, for the NBA. Uh, NBA is my favorite. I know it can be frustrating at times with a lot of the late news, and you really have to pay attention up until lineup lock. I know we talked about it last week on Friday with Dr. Roto when we found out basically about five to eight minutes before tip-off that Boban was going to start for the Clippers, and we know his production on a permanent basis is very important. So you really have to follow the news flow of the NBA uh, up until tip-off. And the one good thing, though, is that optimizer, it updates immediately. I mean, as soon as that Boban news broke, if you hit refresh, and that's the key, is you have to hit refresh on that optimizer, it put Boban in that optimal lineup. So... Uh, just make sure you just hit refresh as close to possible. And, of course, on DraftKings, you have some late swap as well. Not on FanDuel. FanDuel, they changed this year. They drop your lowest score for NBA. So if you have a player that gets scratched, uh, that 
score does not count. So different strategies to employ there when you're looking at NBA. And, of course, uh, VegasWhispers.com for your gambling needs. Uh, excellent, excellent picks. They, once again, on Monday Night Football so far this year, uh, the plays have been, uh, I think it's 9-1 and one now, uh, Monday Night Football as they had the Titans getting five and a half last night, and they won outright. So uh, another good uh, there, another good uh, week. The free play is out. Uh, they have the Devils minus 130 tonight as their free play. They do give out some free plays once in a while. Uh, they did give out a college foot, a base a basketball, which kicks off tonight. They give out a pick there for premium members. And, um, you know, they're very transparent, too, with their picks. You know, obviously, as I've mentioned, they're not going to continue to to crush every single night, even though they've been blistering. Uh, but there's going to be some times where they don't come through. Uh, like last night, I think it was two and two, I believe, uh, for two and three was last night. So it was a great last night. Monday Night Football, though, nine and one against the spread so far. And the last 10 days, 34 and 14. So it's a 71% winning percentage. So that's real good. So. Uh, you definitely want to check it out and uh, hopefully you pick the right ones that they give out. Uh, I know I had some good picks for college football that I used over the weekend. So again, uh, they're just, uh, they're getting it done now and uh, we're very transparent with the picks. Uh, as soon as uh, the results are in, it'll be tweeted out. So you can follow them uh, at Vegas whispers on Twitter. Obviously if you become a member, there's a private Twitter feed where uh, you will get, if you set it up alerts with the picks, which is, what I have. So uh, make sure you check it out. I'll be joined by Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day, in the next segment for the final two segments. We'll start uh, talk some fantasy football with him. Of course, Jim Day from Fighting Chance Fantasy. He also is heard here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network uh, throughout the day. So uh, he will join us in a little bit. But let's take a look at some of the big news of the day. The Packers placed Geronimo Allison on injured reserve. He's dealing with a groin injury. He is going to have core muscle surgery. So he could return, but it's not going to be until the playoffs. So for fantasy purposes, no need to hold on to him. You can get rid of him. And even then, you know, we don't even know if the Packers are going to make the postseason. So it's a pretty big loss for some fantasy owners that were relying on Geronimo Allison, who also had a hamstring injury this year. So several injuries for him. Um, anytime you have a player tied to Aaron Rodgers that is going to play significant snaps, they have fantasy value. And that's why I think people were pretty excited about Allison, who was you know, drafted pretty late. And he had a few good games early on in the season, uh, the first few weeks of the season. He had two touchdowns in the first three weeks. He had double-digit points in PPR formats the first four weeks of the season. Then the injury came. And what does this do now? I mean, to me, Marquez Valdez-Scantling gets a big boost here. And... Uh, I've been had him in the waiver wire already on Monday. He's probably still available in a lot of leagues because what happened was once Allison and Cobb came back, I think some people dropped Valdez Scantling, and I really can't blame them for that because you figured, okay, Cobb and Allison, more veterans, more experience, especially Cobb who has been with Rodgers for a long time, that they were going to get more opportunity. Now, in a 14-team league, Someone did this. They dropped Valdez Gantling. So last week, I had picked him up because I said, all right, let me see how this plays out because he has been really impressive, and I wasn't sure that they would completely push him to the bottom 
of the depth chart. So I said, let me pick him up and see what happens against the Rams. So against the Rams, when Allison and Cobb were back, you had Valdez Scantling still playing a good portion of the snaps. He had five targets, two catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. So I said, all right, I'm going to pick him up uh, after the, the person dropped him. And once he became available, and I wound up playing him, obviously, this past week, once I saw the news that Geronimo Allison was out, and Valdez Scantling played 60 snaps. He had six targets, three catches for one-on-one, including one tremendous grab down the field. So he's been very productive. He's hit double-digit points in PPR formats now in four consecutive games, and I still think he's going to play a big factor in this offense. Uh, we saw Randall Cobb get a lot of short targets, and Cobb just hasn't been great this year. He had the one big play against the Bears. I thought he would be better this year. I did draft him in a couple leagues, but he just hasn't been very productive. And for a young wide receiver, Rodgers seems to have confidence in Valdez-Scantling, throwing him the ball down the field. We really haven't seen that with Cobb. So I think he continues to play a big role. Uh, he ran the same amount of routes as Cobb at 40, and obviously Devontae Adams had more, and Adams is going to be the primary guy in this offense. But I think Valdez-Scantling... Uh, could play a big role here down the stretch. And he's probably sitting there on the wave wire in some leagues because some people dropped him. And I really can't blame people who did drop him because you had to think once Cobb and Allison were back that he would see less targets. So the original premise, I think, was correct. But in deeper formats, and especially leagues with 20 roster spots, like the high-stakes leagues and the Fantasy Football World Championship, I think you had to take a a shot just to hold on. But there might have been some scenarios where you couldn't do it. You know, a lot of bye week issues. Last week, six teams on bye. Sometimes you have to make that decision. You cannot hold everyone. If that's the case, maybe you will benefit here and go out to the waiver wire and pick him up because I do think he's going to be a, a valuable piece the rest of the way. Adam Schefter reports that Sony Michelle is likely to return this week as the Patriots take on the Titans. So it sounded like Michelle was kind of close to a return last week, and I do have him in a couple leagues, but I didn't risk it because it was the Sunday night game, and with the Patriots, you just can't trust any of the information that comes out there. So you had to play it safe, and obviously if you did do that, it worked out because he didn't play, but Michelle was rolling uh, before getting injured, scoring a touchdown in four straight games. You know, getting the volume, obviously not involved much in the passing game. He only has four receptions on the year, but just doing so much on the ground. And the Patriots have ran the, uh, run the ball pretty well. It's actually hurting Tom Brady a bit. You saw James White with a couple rushing touchdowns this past week. So Michelle's in there. He's good to go, and you can play him uh, for sure. And uh looks like he will play this week. So that's good news there. In fact, if you missed it, a couple of sites – have actually made Cordaro Patterson running back eligible. I know CBS did it, meaning you could play him at running back or wide receiver because I was kind of going through the waiver wire and looking, and he popped up on the running back section and the wide receiver section. I also see that ESPN did it. Uh, I haven't checked Yahoo yet, but I don't know if it's a big deal at this point because if Sony Michelle plays, then you won't really see much Cordaro Patterson. Maybe he'll get a handful of carries. But not like we saw the last couple weeks. Week 80 had 10 carries for 38 yards. And then this past week, he had 11 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. So I just don't know if he'll see many touches out of the backfield. you got to think Sony Michelle is going to get the majority of them. And then James White gets a handful. Obviously, with uh, Michelle out, 
and uh, they didn't go to Kenyon Barner, as we saw a couple weeks ago. And James White's not a player that they're going to give a ton of carries to. I mean, he had 12 last week, which is probably about the season high that you're going to see from him. You're just not going to see it that often. Uh, White also had 11 in Week 7, but they don't want to give James White that many carries. Uh, He's just not as effective between the tackles. They'd much rather use him in the passing game. And, boy, he's been one of the best values in fantasy this year. He's got 61 receptions on the season through nine games, so on a pace to produce 100. And he's got 10 total touchdowns, four rushing and six receiving. And I don't have him in any seasonal leagues. I might have him in a best ball or two, but, man, it just sucks if you don't have James White with the production that he has given you uh, through the course of the season. 49ers will start Nick Mullins at quarterback this week in what is going to be an absolutely dreadful primetime game. Next Monday night, we have to sit there and watch the 49ers and the Giants. You talk about a crap game. Oh, man, it's just going to be disgusting. And probably not a lot of fantasy-relevant players in this game. Of course, on the Giants side with Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham and maybe Shepard or Ingram, 49ers, Matt Breda. Look, Mullins was impressive last week, but that was against the Raiders, who basically quit on a short week. I mean, I had tweeted out, it felt like the Raiders were playing with eight defenders that night. You know, give Mullins credit, first opportunity to play in the NFL, and he did a nice job, but there were guys that were wide open. I don't think Pierre Garcon has been that wide open since his days of the Colts, man. I mean, it's been, uh, it was just players running wild all over the field, wide open. Uh, Mullins was 16-22 to 22 for 262 and three touchdowns. Now, the Giants defense isn't much better, so maybe there could be an opportunity there, but uh, maybe you could use him in a super flex league for sure because, again, it is another good matchup. The Lions waived Amir Abdullah today, and why this is interesting is I think he could sign with the team and maybe become fantasy relevant. I think he's obviously been overhyped most of his career, and I stayed away from him last year, but you know, I would think that maybe a team like the 49ers, too, could use him with uh, the issues they have at running back where he mostered out for the season breaking his arm and what was a, a gruesome injury, if you watched it, just when Mostert was getting going. So maybe Abdullah's a fit there, but there's a couple teams that could use him. So I'd just keep an eye and see if Abdullah can land on a team where maybe, just maybe, there could be some fantasy relevance. The Giants said that Eli Manning will start Monday against the 49ers, uh, but they didn't really say beyond that. So he's going to get to start Monday. Who knows? At some point, you got to think uh, that they – Go to a different quarterback, Kyle Lawletta, possibly, who's not going to be disciplined for his arrest. Obviously, the Giants' offense has been a mess. Coming off the bye, as Manning has not been playing well. A.J. Green is going to avoid surgery on his injured toe, but he's going to miss at least two games. This is a really big hit to the Bengals' offense. I know everyone's going to get excited now because for Tyler Boyd, he's been good anyway. You've been playing Tyler Boyd. He's obviously going to probably see some... Better coverage now. We'll see if they keep him in the slot. That'll definitely help him. And uh, it's just, it hurts the offense. You know, we maybe we see John Ross finally. I know he was practicing on Monday. Obviously, he has not been able to stay healthy. He has tremendous speed and the ability to get past the defense and maybe put up some numbers. I would consider him in deeper formats where he's been cut, but I don't know if I feel good about starting him. He does have two touchdowns on the season. Season I, seven targets in week three where he's just three for 16. He's been dealing with a groin injury, but that's been the story of his career. He just has not been able to stay on the field and stay healthy. But sounds like he could be back this week going up against the Saints, whose defense has improved. They have been giving up production to wide receivers, but they have been a little bit better lately. 
Kiki QT said he's not going to come back until he is 100%. He's been dealing with that hamstring injury, so uh, maybe he's not back this week. And Deonta Foreman might start practicing this week. I know a lot of people were getting excited about him a couple weeks ago, but I had mentioned that you know he, he's coming off an Achilles injury, and you know it still could be several weeks before he returns. So Lamar Miller disappointed once again as he was out-touched by Alfred Blue 15-12 to in that game. Real quick, on uh, Monday Night Football, it was just a dreadful, dreadful performance by my Cowboys. They're just not a good football team. I think the encouraged thing here was Marcus Mariota looked like he was a little bit healthier. I know he made some mistakes early in the game, but he did throw for 240, two touchdowns, also rushed for 32 yards and a touchdown. So makes him a little bit more interesting as a backup quarterback. We'll see if the Titans' offense can get better. Obviously, they've been a big disappointment. And I think we see that Deion Lewis is the preferred back in Tennessee, which is something they probably should have done earlier this year. You know, I was not big on Derrick Henry at all this year. Didn't draft him anywhere. To me, it was a telltale sign when they went out and signed Deion Lewis and paid him that money that they really didn't have faith in Derrick Henry. And we're seeing the offense was better. Deion Lewis had 23 touches, also had four catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Derrick Henry did get a rushing touchdown, but just six carries for 27 yards. He did have two receptions, but the last two games, we've seen them go heavy with Deion Lewis, and that's probably a trend that's going to continue. And it sets up as a Deion Lewis game next week against the Patriots, as they should play from behind. And, of course, if you like the revenge narrative, Deion Lewis going against his old team. Corey Davis, 10 targets, 6 catches for 56 yards. You'd like to see him do a little bit more. But the fact that Mariota playing better is a good sign. And Amari Cooper in his Cowboys debut, 5 for 58 and a touchdown, 8 targets. So they will get him the football. When we return, I'll be joined by Fantasy Taz, Fighting Chance Fantasy. We'll talk football with him next here on Scout Fantasy Sports, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. You can find me at scoutfantasysports.com. My Week 10 Fab Line Bidding Guide article is up. The Week 10 News and Notes from Dr. Roto as well as his podcast. And you can ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. Scout DFS has you covered for NBA, NHL, and NFL. And, of course, VegasWhispers.com. For your betting needs, 71% winning percentage over the last 10 days. There's a free pick of the day. You can follow them on Twitter, at Vegas Whispers, and at the end of the night, they'll tweet out what they did and transparency. Two and three last night. Did have the Titans, though, getting five and a half and covering there. Uh, but uh, all sports are covered, and uh, again, the free pick of the day is out there, too. It's the NHL tonight, Devils minus 130, so check it out, VegasWhispers.com. Joining me now, it's my boy, Fantasy Taz, Jim Day, Fighting Chance Fantasy. Taz, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Adam? Thanks for having me on. Always fun to join you. Definitely, although it's not fun for our football teams this season. They both suck. Yeah, yes, they do. Uh, one's worse than the other. Hey, at least I'm going to get a better draft pick. Yeah, you probably are. Uh, let's see <laughs> if you, you can make the good pick. But, man, it's just it's te- the Cowboys. The worst thing about them, too, they're not even a fun team to watch. 
No, we were talking about that that today with Corey and uh, Chris on the frenzy. That uh, yeah, they just become so predictable. Almost like the the Giants were uh, back in the nineties. It was like run left, run right, throw a five yard pass when you need nine, and punt. <laughs> you know, I haven't talked to Corey in a couple weeks. There was a couple weeks ago he texted me. He was really pissed off at the Cowboys, and we talked a little bit, but. He's probably way more upset than me because I kind of realized at the beginning of this team's not that good. So I'm really not that worked up about it. Like, I don't get that upset because I just don't think they're that good, even though the division is wide open. How has he been? Yeah, he's been a little – He's every time they lose, he gets a little worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just not that good, man. You know, with not, not well what coached. It is, you know. They, I think they need – yeah, they need a new coach as far as I'm concerned. They, they need some new blood in there change it up a little bit, spark it up a little bit. I think the acquisition of Cooper will work out well for them. It probably will. I didn't like giving up a first-round pick, but I think definitely he's going to be more productive, and he had a good game yesterday. But, yeah, they definitely need a new coach for sure. They need to be more creative on offense, especially when they lack the playmakers. Uh, and, and Ezekiel Elliott's been affected a little bit. I know he you know, had a decent game last night, but uh, I think people who took him early are expecting more right now. Oh, they did. Absolutely, they did. And, you know, we're just not seeing it. But he, it's not like he's the only one in that predicament. But, uh, you know, it, it, the good thing about Ezekiel Elliott is they're starting to use him a little bit more in the passing game. And we've always shouted that they should be using him more. He he can definitely catch the ball, and they have really hadn't been doing that. So, you know, for him to start getting, like, four catches for 51 yards really gives him a nice, comfortable floor with his running ability as well. It's just, you know, when he doesn't get in the end zone, you're still a little disappointed knowing what he can do. The one thing I do think is I think this defense is good. I know they did give up 28 points last night, but I think they're much improved. They gave up 28 points to Tennessee. Well, part of it was the offensive failure. You don't think they're a good defense? I do. I think they have No, no, they're, they're a pretty good defense, but how do you give up that many points to Tennessee? I mean, a couple At turnovers home. set, set things up. Well, I, I know. <laughs> well, okay. So, do you look? What do you take away though from Tennessee coming off the bye in their offense? They obviously have been dreadful last year. Were there any positives to take away going forward, or is this just a, a one-game fluke? Well, no. I I think it's a little positive. Look, Mariota definitely played better. Looked a little better. Uh, you know, twenty-one for twenty-nine, not so bad, but two hundred forty yards. Uh, you know, let's face it. Uh, Corey Davis has not been the number one wide receiver everybody was thinking he was going to be pre-draft season. Uh, just hasn't lived up to that potential. And, you know, decent game last night. At least got you to double digits, but not what people were expecting from him. They, too, need a, a dominant number one wide receiver, at least. You know, if they had somebody opposite him that was a true number one, I think that would really free him up, make him a little better. But him as a number one, I just think he's going to get beat by some of the better corners in the league. And we've seen that when he's had tough matchups. We've seen that, yes. The, the past three games, you know, you just look at the corner matchups and you knew that he was in trouble, especially with Mariota struggling. We'll see, though, if he can continue to get better if he is finally healthy. Now, talking to Jim Day, Fantasy Taz from Fighting Chance Fantasy, you know, what do you make of Jordan Howard right now? He's obviously been touchdown dependent, and he's scored now in three straight games. We know he doesn't do much in the passing game, but we have seen games where he's kind of been a non-factor do you feel better about him going forward, or is he just kind of matchup dependent at this point? Well, I don't think it's so much matchup dependent as just getting the chance. Uh, we're not seeing him get you know a ton of carries, and you know Tariq Cohen is playing so well. And, you know Jordan Howard, the plotter, doesn't really fit into that 
high-octane Chicago offense that they want to run. But as the weather starts to turn and we start to get into that colder season, don't be surprised if they start to rely on him more and more and, you know, see a little bit more out of him. It, you know, it's not like he's been terrible. Um, you know, depending on your league in a PPR league, he's somewhere 27, 28th running back on the season. Definitely not giving you back the draft capital you invested in him. Nobody's going to argue that. Uh, but he does have four touchdowns in the last three weeks. You know, would I like to see a little bit more yardage to go with that? Oh, heck yeah. Absolutely it would. Um, you know, he's got some nice matchups. He's got the Lions twice and then two out of the next three weeks. Uh, he's got the Giants. Uh, he's got the Packers at 15. So he's got some games where he can get some rushing in and, and do a little damage. But he's if he doesn't get in the end zone, he is definitely going to screw you. <laughs> yeah, and there are some guys like that where they are touchdown dependent. You know, I thought – most of this year, Tevin Coleman's been a big disappointment. I think people were taking him in the fifth, sixth round, thinking, okay, if Devontae Freeman goes down, they struck gold and they get an RB1, and Freeman did go down. But Coleman hasn't been that RB1. Now, he did have one of his better games of the season this past week against all teams, the Redskins, who were shutting down running backs. I mean, they limited Zeke recently and Saquon Barkley. But what changed this past week was finally throwing to the running backs. Tevin Coleman had a season-high seven targets, he didn't have more than four targets uh, since week two, and he scored two touchdowns in the passing game. Is this a sign of things to come where Atlanta made some adjustments during the bye weeks, or this was just one week where Coleman just happened uh, to get five receptions for 68 yards? I'm hoping it's definitely something that we see going forward, but it's hard to tell at this point. You know, They're also trying to get Edo Smith more involved. It, you know, he, he didn't play that many less snaps than – uh, Coleman did so that that's a little scary there we could be definitely looking at a one-two combo that you know if Smith is the guy that gets the goal line carries takes away from Coleman it's you know it's not like he's going to be able to score from you know 10 or 15 or 20 every week and that's going to hurt you but it was nice to see him finally get involved in the passing game and do a little damage that way uh, uh, like you said against a fairly good Washington defense against the run Duke Johnson finally came alive. A lot of people are attributing it to the change in offensive coordinator with uh, Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley gone. We saw Jackson score, I mean, Johnson score two receiving touchdowns. Obviously, though, he did have a good matchup because Kansas City has struggled against pass-catching running backs. Is this uh, a sign of things to come for Duke Johnson, or was this just a matchup they exploited? No, I definitely think this is going to be a sign of things to come for him. They need somebody else. Look, they can't count on just Landry alone in the receiving game because, you know, it's just too hard for them to take him out of the game with double and triple coverage if they need to because, you know, they're not really worried about Antonio Callaway on the other side. So as long as that continues, Duke Johnson makes all the sense in the world. He's a great receiving back. We know that from what he did last year. You know, he's good with the ball in his hands. And, you know, he caught all nine of his passes for – 78 yards and two touchdowns you know i'm not sure he's going to hit those kind of numbers every week but if he gives me you know seven eight catches every week i'll be damned happy to have him on my team and he's got you know two great matchups coming up he's got the falcons in week 10 then the bye and then Bengals in week uh, 12 so right there he's got two great matchups alone that can really get into it i mean atlanta is one of the worst at you know pass catching backs as well Oh, for sure. Atlanta is definitely the prime one that you want to exploit, and uh, Duke will get them this week. 
You know, I think a lot of people were kind of looking at Detroit and saying, okay, you know, who's going to fill that Golden Tate void? And a couple of receivers were brought up, but it seemed like at least for last week it was Theo Riddick who ran 30 pass routes. Is Theo Riddick the guy who's going to benefit the most with Golden Tate gone? Well, it wouldn't surprise me. They definitely need somebody to move the chains and, you know, those short intermediate routes. It, we know he's got great hands, and he's pretty good with the ball in his hands. They know that. If he could stay healthy, then it wouldn't surprise me at all if he becomes that guy who's, you know, seeing, you know, 9, 10, 11 targets a game. For the Bears, we've seen Anthony Miller perform pretty well. Obviously, Allen Robinson's been out with a groin injury. We don't know his status. Is Anthony Miller someone that you can play uh, every week as long as Allen Robinson is out? Ooh, I don't know if I trust him every week. I, I just don't. Matchup, you know, guy, maybe next week when there's six teams on by. Uh, uh, it's just I, I don't know if I'm ready to buy into him as an every down, every game player yet. He's shown some flashes, but there's, you know, a few rookies out there that have shown some flashes. I'm not ready to buy into him as an every week player yet. We've seen Josh Gordon really come on for the Patriots, and there's always – I feel like there's like a pretty split camp. There's like the people who love Josh Gordon – and think he's great, and there's people who just don't buy it and are waiting for him to get in trouble, and they doubt him all the time. He's obviously coming off one of his better games. I see Tom Brady as a guy who loves Josh Gordon. Even when he's making mistakes on the field and they're not in sync, Brady continues to throw to him. Is Gordon going to be a difference maker the rest of the way, and would you hold on to him, or would you sell him coming off this great game? Oh, no, I'm holding on to him. Uh, look, uh, his problems off the field are off the field, let, let's face it, and if he does – too much that way with Belichick. We know Belichick will just won't stand for it, and he won't see the field. So there's definitely risks there. But at the same time, when he steps on the field, he is such a good playmaker in this league, and Brady's going to love that, especially with Gronk not looking like Gronk. You know, Hogan is okay as a number three wide receiver, just never really did it as a one or a two. So I, I expect Gordon to really start to flow into this. He, he's starting to see more targets. He's starting to see more snaps, uh, more routes run each and every game. I expect that trend to continue. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to him having a real strong second half of the season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you could see it. Brady is a, a, a big fan of him. I mean, even when things are not working well, he continues to go to him. You brought up Gronkowski. I'm extremely worried about this guy. You know, the back injury goes back to college. He has not looked great on the field this year. And it's tough for fantasy owners because if you have Gronkowski, I'm sure a lot of people don't have a great backup. Because if you draft him early, you know he's in your lineup every week. And then when he's on the field and active, you're going to play him. Uh, what's your thoughts on Gronkowski the rest of the way? Yeah, I am definitely worried about Gronkowski. There's no doubt about it. He doesn't look the same. Uh, he's he's staying in to block way too often, which to me sounds like they just don't really have a great feeling about him going out in the pass because, let's face it, he does more damage as a, a route runner than he would ever do as a, a blocker. Not to say he's not a bit, you know, bit blocker. He's a good blocker. But, you know, obviously for them not to get him out in the field doing the damage he could do, there's got to be something wrong here. It just doesn't look the same. Uh, whether it be the back, something else, I'm not sure. But he definitely does not look the same. And I, I'm having a hard time putting any trip, you know, trust in him moving forward. Do you think he plays this week? They have a bye in week 11. Do they just sit him out? Because, you know, they can win without him, obviously. And the goal, obviously, for them is to have him healthy for the playoffs. I mean, could you see a scenario where they just sit him this week and give him basically a month to rest? 
I can absolutely see that. It makes all the sense in the world. Like you say, you know, Tennessee uh, had a good game against your team. We won't talk about that anymore. Nah, but I don't wait, really see you that. can't talk crap as a Giants fan right now, man. <laughs> hey, I, hey I, I, I'm loving the fact that they keep losing. I, I'm telling you, I, 1 in 15 suits me just fine this year. Give me that number one pick. I'm happy as a lamb. I'll deal with it last, next year. <laughs> well, you know, Dallas, they're, they're stupid. They're going to finish like, you know, 7 and 9, 8 and 8 and oh, screw yeah, up the pick. Oh, yeah, they're going to win enough to, to screw themselves over for picks. I agree. I Although agree. the schedule's tough, though. They got the Eagles twice, they have the Saints. Uh, there was an, uh, there was, I think they have Jacksonville in there, which, you know, right now doesn't look, you know, Jacksonville could get better. So, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they have a tough schedule, though. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. It, the Giants, let's face it, Eli's done. Time to put him to pass here. Let, let's see what the kid Lalita has. Uh, and I say start him now. Uh, let's get, you know, half a season out of him. It's better than starting him two or three games at the end of the year and then deciding whether or not he's their guy or not. Doesn't make any sense. Find out now. This way, when you go into the draft, you know whether or not you have to draft another good quarterback early or if you think this kid can really step up and be that guy, then maybe you could use that to get an offensive tackle who can actually block. Do you think this is possibly the last week that Eli Manning starts? I mean, they named him the starter Monday night, but they basically weren't saying anything beyond that. So if they lose this game, could this be the last week for Eli and then they go to Lalata? I think it absolutely could be. Uh, I'm surprised, actually, they're even going to him this week. Uh, coming off the bye week made all the sense in the world to me to get Lalata in there because you had that extra week to get him prepared, get him plenty of practice snaps. I, again, this just doesn't make any sense. Uh with the moves they made at the trade deadline and now keeping Eli in there, one does not fit the other. You don't give up, you know, a couple of valuable pieces like you're tanking and then try to keep your your quarterback in there. But then again, you know, when Eli plays, it's pretty much the same as tanking anyway. That is true. But, <laughs> but it, it doesn't make any sense if you're trying to evaluate the, the young quarterback on the team and whether or not he can be the guy going forward. Doesn't make any sense in the world. What do you think it would do for the offense? We see Eli checks down to Saquon Barkley often, and obviously that's piling up his receptions in PPR. But what would it do for guys like Beckham and Barkley? Would it really affect them that much, or would it be a drop-off? Well, your, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, look, the tape that we could see on Loletta isn't that bad. He's got a lot of good traits, but is he ready for this level? I'm not sure. That's what we need to find out. Uh, I definitely think it, it's got to hurt. I think it hurts Barkley a little more because it, it's not the easiest thing to check down to that running back as people think. It takes a little time, a little practice. Uh, sometimes it's very hard to get through the reads to get down to that that spot where you want to chuck it. So that sometimes gets hurt by a, a young rookie quarterback. Um, you know, I'm not so worried about the passing game. It's not like Eli's been lighting it up anyway. Uh, you know, I, I just think for – Overall, for the Giants, I think it's a smart football move. Whether it helps fantasy owners right now, I'd have to guess no. If I would have told you entering Week 10, Jordan Reed is healthy, yeah. Paul Richardson's out, Jameson Crowder's missed game, Chris Thompson's missed game, uh, what would you expect from Jordan Reed? Uh, a lot better than number 13 he's sitting at right now. Uh, you know, and it was weird because, I mean, started out the season strong, three double-digit weeks in a row right out of the gate. 
they had to buy the early buy in week four, and then he came out came out of the buy, and you know hasn't been the same since. Even weekend eight against the Giants, it, you know, like you said, with the, the injuries they had, he had, he saw twelve targets. He got seven for thirty eight yards, and he normally kills the Giants. It's crazy how bad he's been. He hasn't scored since week one. And I'm I'm surprised he's actually 13th. I know tight end's a dreadful p- position, and that's just because he's played every week because he just hasn't been productive. I mean, you just don't even feel good about starting. I mean, Vernon Davis outperformed him this past week. Yeah, it's a tough position this year, and it's definitely tough for him. All right, we'll talk a lot more football with Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz. You can find him at Fighting Chance Fantasy. We'll look ahead to some of the waiver wire pickups for this week. We'll break them down and also a sneak peek at week 10. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Top show on YouTube. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis. Of course, you can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. Got my Week 10 Fab Guide up. Dr. Otto has his Week 10 News and Notes, as well as his podcast. And you could ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime. They're answered all times of the day. Sometimes I'm answering questions there at 2.30 a.m. Eastern. So we'll get to you at some point. And, of course, Scout DFS, NBA, NHL, NFL, and the access to the Optimizer as well, which is really good for NBA. And, of course, VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. And these guys are 71% over the last 10 days covering NFL, NBA, NHL. Even now, they had some horse racing picks up last week. I'm not into that stuff. But uh, you do much gambling, uh, Taz? Not much. No, I, I've done a little bit here and there, but I'm not a big gambler outside of a random poker game or two. Okay. Yeah, I mean, now it's legal in Jersey, man. So uh, all you got to do is access the uh, DraftKings or FanDuel apps, and you, you can place a bet just like that. So uh, I'm, I'm doing it more. Now there you go. <laughs> My daddy taught me that money was too hard to come by. Oh, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's It's different for everyone. Some people are into it. Some people aren't. Uh, but I know you're into football and fantasy football. Uh, what do you make of this Eagles backfield right now? We did see Josh Adams look pretty good before the bye in London. Wendell Smallwood obviously had the most touches. We saw Corey Clement take a back seat. Adams is available in some leagues. I picked him up in a couple leagues last week. I mean, right now I don't feel confident starting him because we know with Doug Peterson he's going to spread it out. But is there a chance that Adams emerges out of this backfield? Well, he could emerge as the, you know, the early down back and maybe even the goal line back. There's definitely a chance of that, and I'm with you. I, I grabbed him in a couple of leagues as well. Uh, 
like you, not ready to start him, just hoping uh, that he becomes stash worthy. There, there's actually a chance that Sproles comes back this week. Uh, so, you know, if, if he's coming back, more than likely he's on a waiver wire. I would pick him up uh, because, it, you know, if he's back and gets healthy, they're definitely going to get him involved again. And he definitely brings a lot to the table in the PPR league. So, you know, it, it, he's one of the guys I'm definitely looking at this week as a waiver wire ad uh, because I, I just think he has he could do a lot of damage in that offense. Seattle dealing with injuries at the running back position. Chris Carson banged up, and it's not looking good for him to play this week. We've seen Mike Davis in the one game that Carson missed. Davis had a big workload, and then we saw this past week when he went out that Davis was the feature back. Is he one of the top waiver wire ads this week? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, especially with Carson's propensity to get injured, you have to take that into account. And, and Davis has shown you know, twice that – He's really got the lion's share of the carries that he's done really well with it. So I absolutely think you have to go get him. Is there a chance for Shad Penny uh, does anything? Could he be someone in deeper formats to add and stash in case something happens to Davis? Look, you know, you and I have been playing this game long enough for us to to never say no. That there's no way it could happen. That there's just no way he does anything. It it's always possible. Do I believe it? No, I really don't. I think you know. He'll be lucky if, you know, he gets a chance to score a touchdown maybe here or there and get you some points that way. But he's not going to do anything consistently enough that I think you could play him, you know, in fantasy at, at any time soon. Uh, you know, Mike Davis is going to be the guy until Carson comes back. How about Doug Baldwin for Seattle? Obviously, they've been spreading it out amongst those wide receivers. And really, uh, the Seahawks are the most run-heavy team in the NFL, and that's been the problem. Yes, they are. Well, last week, though, they did play from behind, and they had to pass a little bit more, and they played the Rams this week. Now, Baldwin did have four catches for 77 yards, only four targets. Will it get better for Baldwin going forward? I don't think it does. He doesn't look the same at all. Those knees definitely look to be bothering him as far as I can tell. Uh, my eye test shows that, you know, he's not making the same cuts that he used to make. He definitely is having trouble getting separation where, you know, that was something he was very strong at before. I think those knees are bothering him a lot. I think he's going to be a hard guy to trust for the rest of the season. Talking to Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Test from Fighting Chance Fantasy. Uh, Maurice Harris, man, with a big game last week for the Redskins, who obviously are, are really hurting at wide receiver. We still have not seen Jamison Crowder return. Paul Richardson ruled out for the season. Uh, could Harris be someone that is relevant? We know that they have a, a really good matchup this week against Tampa Bay, who's been getting shredded by everyone. Look, I, I like Mo Harris. I think he gets a shot. You know, he can get a shot to do some damage here. And, you know, like you said, they're they're – having a hard time keeping playmakers on the field. We don't know if Crowder's going to play. We don't know if Thompson's going to play again. Uh, if both of those guys sit again, I think Harris is definitely going to be in play here in what should be another good matchup for Alex Smith. Uh, you know, he may not throw a lot of touchdowns, but he threw for 300 yards last week. Every chance he gets to do that again this week. How worried would you be right now about Adrian Peterson? We are well aware of the Redskins offensive line. They lost their two guards for the season. They actually might be without four starters this week. Uh, Peterson obviously has had a really good season. He surprised me because I did not draft Peterson. I was worried about his age. And he's had some big games. But my biggest concern was, you know, injuries as the season goes along in the workload. Now you add in the offensive line issues. Uh, is this where we see Peterson fall off? 
Um, it, it definitely uh, look. It's not going to help. <laughs> you lose that many offensive linemen, and you start going to backups at every position. Definitely doesn't help somebody like Peterson, who's really not usually involved a ton in the passing game. Uh, so it's definitely going to limit him. Uh, I, I don't know. He's got such a great matchup this week against Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, I I like him that way. Even even with those guys out, I, I still think he's got a good chance to put up points this week. But you're right. It, with the, all those guys out, it's going to be very hard to count on. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if we we see another dud out of him. Uh, but man, it, like you said, I wasn't into him when he when they first signed him. I didn't agree. After what we saw out of him last year, it just looked like he was toast. Uh, and he's trying to prove everybody wrong. So every time you try to count this man out, uh, he tries to fight back. So I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up a good game. But there's no no, let's say confidence there. Okay. Now, I don't have Kenyon Drake this year, and I was starting to look at him and say, okay, it's kind of getting better here. At least they're involving him in the passing game. You know, he had weeks, uh, consecutive weeks of 11, 6, 8 targets. Only two in week 8, but he did score a touchdown. I just can't explain what happened this week. I mean, Frank Gore gets 20 carries, and Drake gets 3 for 9. I know he caught 4 for 26. And then Adam Gase afterwards basically saying, well, the game got away from us. Was he watching? They were in control of the game. They yeah, were. The it's game. not like I don't understand it. Like, what do you like? What do you make of this? I mean, because Kenyon Drake, you look. Give Gore credit. The fact that he's still playing at his age, and he's solid. But he averaged like what three yards per carry. Like, what is going on? How do you explain this with the Kenyon Drake Frank Gore distribution? There is no way to explain it. Uh, really, isn't you know Drake look. Very good at the end of last season. Everybody expected him to come out of the gates as being that number one guy. Miami, you know, they bring in Gore. Okay, well, Gore's a nice, you know, backup at this stage in his career and yada, yada, yada. And and then they fell in love with Gore in the preseason. That it said, he, oh, look how good he looks. He's still as fast as ever. And, yada, and you know, they just got it in their heads that they were going to use him. Uh, too much, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, because you know when they've given Drake the chances, he's done pretty well. It, they just got to keep feeding them. I do like the fact that you know he pretty much consistently involved in the passing game, but you know I, I'd like to see a little bit more yardage out of it. But the, you know, like you said, three carries for nine yards. I don't care who you are; nobody's doing nothing with three carries. Yeah, unbelievable. And again, I, I'm appalled. Well, actually, by this I take that back. Nick Chubb did. Great. There you go. Bunch yeah, of, bunch of weeks ago for, with three carries, got 102 yards and two touchdowns, but not often you're going to see that. Yeah, and now we can get 18 to 22 touches from Nick Chubb, so uh, definitely a good spot. I was glad to draft him and stash him in several leagues. Certainly uh, happy about that. Using him now, talking to well, Jim. Then, wait, 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 real ahead. quick. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to ask you. This this is the thing that's been killing me. If you're Jacksonville, why do you go out and invest in Carlos Hyde? If Fournette is back this week, what? Why do you bring Carlos Hyde in for two weeks and then not use him anyway, and and pay the rest of his contract and give up draft picks, not use him when you expect Fournette back this week? It doesn't make any sense to me in the world. It doesn't unless they feel that they're not a hundred percent confident that Fournette can make it back and stay healthy. That would. That would be the only other thing. Now, I did see that Fournette participated, I think, in individual drills yesterday, but then I thought I saw something today where they weren't sure if Fournette's going to play this week. Now, if he can't play this week after the bye and all this time, that's a major concern. So maybe there is a little bit more concern than we think. And also, it also means they probably want Blake Bortles to pass the ball eight times a game. 
they might they might run Fournette, Hyde, and Yeldon just all game and not even let Bortles throw. Yeah, but they're not even running Hyde is what my problem is. Since they got him, they haven't used him at all. It just, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. I'm having a hard time with it. Yeah, I mean, that game against Philly, I don't know what they were doing. He had six carries for 11 yards. I mean, usually the running back is the one position, I think, where you can change teams to kind of make the quick adjustment. Usually it's receivers that we see struggle a little bit more. We've seen free agents come to new teams and have a whole entire offseason in training camp, and they don't usually have good seasons. Hey, look, we, we saw a, a wide receiver take over as running back for New England and do a pretty damn decent job. Yeah, Cordero Patterson. Who, you know, he has, uh, I mentioned it, I saw on ESPN and CBS, he now has eligibility at running back. And will it matter? Because Sony Michelle is probably coming back this week. No, it doesn't matter um, unless Michelle gets hurt again. At least they got a big back that they know they can count on when it happens. But, yeah, it looks like Michelle's supposed to play this week. But you know how it goes with New England. You just never know what's going to actually happen come game time. Well, the good thing is they play at 1 p.m. Eastern, so at least we yes, don't have finally. to wait to these stupid <laughs> primetime games because, uh, like, I didn't even play Gronk last week. I have him in one league, and I regret drafting him. Uh, and I actually wound up playing Ed Dixon over him, and uh, they they scored well, the same. That worked out well for they you. They scored the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I won anyway. That's the thing. My team is really good in that league, and ah oh, man, taking Gronk though, I just decided to be different in that one league and say, you know, I have no Gronk. Uh, let me get him in one league in case he blows up. Yeah, he's blown up in a negative way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I I actually, you know me, I love Gronk, and this is probably the year I have the least amount of ownership in him. So not really killing me as much, but plenty of the other tight ends are killing me. So they make as up the, for it as they are with most people. Uh, <laughs> unless you have like Travis Kelsey, who I do have in one league, Zach Ertz, which I have in none. Uh, well, I guess Kittle's been good. O.J. Howard's been good. So there's a few, but, you know, you've been struggling. Even there were periods where you couldn't start Howard or you didn't feel confident. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you know, every one of them except, well, even Ertz had to, you know, not the great week one, but since then he's been on fire. Same thing with Kelsey, not a great week one, but since then he's been on fire. Kittle has been pretty damn consistent yes, all year. absolutely. Uh, Eric Ebron, you know, I wouldn't say really consistent, but, you know, had some really good games uh, intermixed with some others. Jared Cook had some really good games. But, man, outside of that, nobody else has been truly consistent each and every week. Are you worried about Ebron going forward now that Jack Doyle is back? Oh, absolutely. It's going to go back to the way it was in the beginning of the year, and he's going to become very touchdown dependent because he's just not going to see enough targets. Jack Doyle is still their number one tight end. I like Ebron, and you know he brings uh, you know good plays to the table, and they should still look for him in the red zone like they did in the beginning of the season. But Doyle is still their number one. Uh, what do you think happens here with the Bengals' offense with Noda, A.J. Green? Who's going to benefit? Could it be John Ross? Is it Alex Erickson? Could it be nobody? Because A.J. Green is such an integral piece, and we've seen in the past that offense not be as good without A.J. Green on the field. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough, and you know, I, I think it really is going to come crashing down on Boyd as well. Uh, you know, We're going to get to see whether or not he can go up against the top corners in the league and still produce the way he's been producing. Because let's face it, he's been producing close to – uh, wide receiver one numbers on the season. But, you know, when you have A.J. Green on the other side, definitely makes it a little easier to do so. Without A.J. Green, they're going to start folding the defenses to him. And, you know, there's talk out there that, uh, you know, we're going to see maybe some 
uh, Cody Coors, Josh Malone. You know, I, I think it's just going to be a mix of all of them. Erickson is another one that could be, you know, called into play. I don't think there's going to be one set guy that really comes out of the woodwork and you could start in fantasy. It, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think the loss of A.J. Green is really going to hurt this offense. Let's hope it's only two games because I have A.J. Green in a couple leagues, man. I need him, so I'm hoping it's only two games. Talking to Jim Day, fantasy task, fighting chance fantasy. Adam Humphreys, man, you know, I know people were surprised by this past week's game. Obviously, 8 for 82 with two touchdowns, but, you know, that's oh, yeah, the third. No, we all saw that coming. No, we, uh, no one did, but I'm saying he's had double. <laughs> no, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, nobody did. He's had double-digit points in three of the last four games, and he's actually been on the field quite a bit. I know Godwin did pass him one week. Now, Godwin played less snaps this week. It might have been because of an ankle injury. I saw him limp off for a little bit, right. but people are going to see Humphreys on the waiver wire this week. Are, are you buying into this, or is this uh, the best we'll see from him and he goes back to three for 40? Well, look, it's hard to not like what we've been seeing. Sure, the the big game last week is going to drive his price through the freaking roof, and you know everybody's going to want to bid on him and bid high. And you know I don't see that coming out and working out their way. But he does have 27 targets the last three games, averaging nine targets a game. That, that's a pretty hefty sum. There's a lot of good wide receivers in this league that don't come close to that. So you know, look, I, I'm glad Fitzpatrick is back at, at quarterback. I, I just think he gives them a much better chance of winning, and he definitely gives fantasy players a boost on his team. But, you know, up until this game, he hadn't really looked at Humphreys in the first three games he started. So this is going to be interesting to see if this is just a one-week aberration or something that continues. But there's going to be a lot of people spending a lot of fab on him this week. They Yeah, they will for sure. The one thing is we know that Tampa Bay throws a ton. They can't run the football. Their defense is so bad and they're consistently playing from behind. Uh, is this the end for Derrick Henry? Is it Deion Lewis's backfield now going forward? Oh, absolutely. And it should have been that way right from the get-go. Derrick Henry is a plotter. You know, you put him in at the one-yard line, let him, you know, get those touchdown vultured thing type things. But Derrick, you know, Deion Lewis is such a better runner, uh, definitely a better pass catcher, but definitely a better runner in my mind as well. I just think he brings more to the table, his quickness, elusiveness, things uh, that just Derrick Henry doesn't have. Is Jeff Hireman someone to add? They have a bye this week, but could he be fantasy relevant uh, after the Broncos' bye? He absolutely could. Look, let's face it. You know, everybody bought into Cortland Sutton last week, and, you know, he just there's a lot of negatives to his game. And Hireman just might be the guy that benefits over the middle with those short passes, things like that from Keenum. He could be definitely in play going forward. Yeah, and I still have faith in Cortland Sutton, though. He did. He was on the field a lot. He could have had a touchdown and it was knocked away. So uh, I wouldn't be giving Could've, up. Woulda, shoulda. Hey, I think I think Deshaun, Deshaun Hamilton is the guy. He's good. Be the guy by the end of the season. He's good. Wouldn't be surprised, and he's definitely someone to keep an eye on in deeper formats. Good name to bring up. That is Jim Day, Fantasy Taz. Always good talking to him. You can find him fighting Chance Fantasy as well as on the Frenzy right here on the network. Jim, thanks for the time, and good luck. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Adam. All right, you can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com, asking your questions, and we're answering them on the message boards and the forums. Also, check out VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. I'll be back Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.